This week, a patient asked me, can you do a podcast on self-care? Yes, this is the season. School is ending, summer is starting, schedules are busy with kids, vacations, bikini season is happening. This is precisely the time when self-care matters. I do talk about it now and again, but we can always use a reminder, a nudge to better care for ourselves. So consider this your nudge right now. We are going to talk about self-care, the real and genuine kind. Welcome back to Health Bite, the podcast for small actionable bites towards healthy living. I believe your relationship with food is a window into your relationship with yourself. In this podcast, we will explore how to redefine this relationship so you not only achieve your weight loss goals, but greater mental, emotional, and physical well-being. And in the end, that is what it's all about, isn't it? I'm your host, Dr. Adrian Udeem, and I'm excited to share with you this week's bite. So what does self-care have to do with our relationship with food, our relationship with ourselves, with health and healthy weight? Well, our lives are busy. They are fast-paced. They're filled with commitments and obligations. It's a lot, and it's essential to take time to care for ourselves. Without it, without offering ourselves the necessary care, we seek external comfort, of course. We soothe with smoking, drinking, shopping, scrolling, overworking, and yes, with food. So how can we do that? How can we practice self-care? And yes, a massage or a manicure feels good, but that's not quite the self-care I'm talking about. So let's talk about some steps, some steps for radical, true, intentional self-care. And I must start with this. Learn to say no. I am always amazed by the many roles that we carry, right? We are partners and spouses, business owners, employers, employees, parents, caretakers, We take on volunteering at school, helping a friend move, driving a parent to an appointment. Some of these tasks are necessary and essential. I always joke, my kids have to eat every night, right? But not everything is essential. So I urge you, think about the activities you're engaged in and the things that you are saying yes to. Now, if you're a chronic doer, you're probably dismissing them. You're not really taking stock of all the little things that you're actually doing for others. So try this. Take a survey of your day or your week. Actually write down all of your doings, every single one. Now, how many of these activities are for others? You may find if you're a chronic doer, that the word is out that you're a doer. Someone must be writing it on the bathroom walls because you keep getting requests to do. And maybe you're thinking to yourself, don't they know how much I'm doing? You may secretly say to yourself, when will they stop asking? 
The answer is no. They do not know how much you are doing. And no, they will not stop asking. They cannot be expected to set your boundaries. That is your job. It is your job to know that you're overstretched and it's up to you to set the boundaries needed to give yourself time and space. So I want to challenge you with this. Learn to say no. Practice saying no. Consider even going into your closet, shutting yourself in your bathroom and saying no. It will be hard at first, and perhaps there will be some pushback. People may not be used to it. But remember that the first step in engaging in true self-care is setting the boundaries necessary for that time and space for yourself. Kind of related is number two. Give yourself permission to pause. Maybe you are a multitasking queen or king. And really, who isn't these days? You should see my laptop. There are usually over a dozen tabs open. You should see the tabs open in my brain. And this is all of us. We all are running with all our tabs open. We are overscheduled with work, projects, appointments, social obligations, multiple extracurricular activities for our kids and social activities for them as well. And if that were not enough, we are using all of our in-between time doing on our devices, emails, social media, news articles, to-do lists. We have virtually engineered all the downtime out of our lives. Being on task all the time leads to burnout. Not to mention, it leads to reduced focus, productivity, efficiency. It's ironic, but in our desire to do all the time, we actually are reducing our ability to do well. And of course, this busyness leaves us longing to soothe. So practice self-care by giving yourself permission to pause. And this can happen in multiple layers. First, put down your phone. Stop gobbling up your in-between downtime. Start there. Next, create scheduled breaks in your day for downtime. If you're working outside of the home, actually engineer this into your work calendar. And if you're working in the home, do this as well. Schedule breaks in which you are off to others and you are actively engaging in downtime. Next, be okay with declining invitations and obligations. Stop with the FOMO. You don't have to be everywhere and do everything all the time. You may notice that you're not even enjoying the things that you have so much FOMO for. So be choosy. 
and say no to your social obligations. And then do something radical. Consider even scheduling an entire day off from your office or from your family. Moms, I want you to think about this. Consider booking a hotel alone and disappearing for 24 hours. If this sounds crazy to you, if this sounds radical, then you are exactly the person that needs to take advantage of it. Hi friends, it's Dr. Adrian, and I'm dropping into your podcast to offer a love letter to you. I believe that our hunger represents our unmet emotional and spiritual needs. And by leaning in and listening to our hunger, we have an opportunity to hear our needs and to respond. I know this not only from personal experience, but from listening to the stories of hundreds, if not thousands of patients over the past almost 20 years. I have compiled these stories, including my own, into Hungry for More, Stories and Science to Inspire Weight Loss from the Inside Out. This book is not just about weight loss, but about life and contains lessons that I know to be life-changing. If you don't believe me, head over to my website at dradrianudim.com where you can obtain a free sample or to amazon.com and check out the reviews for yourself. Next, engage with nature. Nature really is magic. It allows us to connect with something greater than ourselves allows us to connect with the world around us. And this feeling of interconnection that nature brings is so grounding. It allows us to be present in the present moment, offering us a break from the hustle and noise of the everyday. Nature is also a perfect space for introspection, for self-reflection, for self-awareness. Being with ourselves in nature gives us mental clarity and an opportunity for renewed perspective that can be so very healing and so supportive in self-discovery and personal growth. So if you're not doing this already, I encourage you to make a self-care practice that is engaging with nature. Maybe drive to the beach if you happen to live near one, or take a moment in the mountains, go for a hike, or get yourself out in a park and just sit under a tree. It may be as easy as opening up your front door and sitting on your porch early in the morning and being mindful to hear for the birds. They're out there listening to the bird songs and in any way that you can engaging with nature because this offers an opportunity on so many levels to disconnect, to regulate your nervous system, and to take a pause that is so essential and aligned with self-care. 
next. Move your body. And I say move your body, not exercise, because we equate exercise with dieting and weight loss. And it is so tragic because this has nothing to do with your weight. It has to do with giving your body an opportunity to move, to explore, to circulate that blood flow, to release tension and stress, to release endorphins and dopamine. But if you're listening to this podcast because of its weight loss angle, here's the thing. When you give your body the opportunity to move, it offers a release, a spiritual release. And then you are less likely to seek food to soothe you. Next, be mindful of your mind's diet. I still remember the first time I heard someone say, you don't have to believe every thought you think. That just because you think it, it doesn't make it true. Wow, really? That was gold. Because we think upwards of 60,000 thoughts per day. And because of our negativity bias, most of those thoughts are negative. Engaging in every single one of these thoughts is a recipe for disaster. So be mindful of your thoughts and remind yourself, just because you think them doesn't make them true. But we can take this even a step further and actively cultivate positive thoughts and positive feelings in a proactive manner. This is particularly important when we meet up against our limitations, when we come upon our mistakes. These are the times when we need to be extra careful and tender with ourselves. And yet, we tend to be extra mean, doubling down on ourselves in our times of human imperfection. Why did you say that? That was so stupid. Why did you eat that? You are so fat. Here is a better way. Approach yourself with kindness and self-compassion. Remind yourself that you are human. And like all humans, you will have missteps. You will have imperfections. You will have limitations. And then offer yourself words of kindness and self-compassion instead. Be proactive. Start each day with a reminder of what you love about yourself and end each day celebrating your wins. They don't have to be grandiose and magical. What did you do that felt good today? What happened that you feel really good about? Be your own advocate. Be your own cheerleader. Cultivate self-love and self-compassion. Practice how being mindful of what you say to yourself, how that matters, and acknowledge how this piece is so critical to our self-care. And last but not least, Remember that self-care is not a luxury. 
It is a necessity. Self-care is not selfish, but in fact, it is an act of kindness, not only to yourself, but also to others. Because by engaging in self-care for ourselves, we are better equipped to navigate life's challenges and then to support those around us. And most important, we are less likely to seek the outside for external substances and things in order to soothe. So my friends, let's make a commitment to ourselves to prioritize self-care and to create more ease, calm, and inner peace in our lives. I hope I've made the case for engaging in a self-care practice. Which one of these offerings do you already engage in? And what might you incorporate if you don't? I would love to hear from you. Feel free to connect with me on Instagram at Dr. Adrian Yudim or join my newsletter and send me a note. You can find the links to all of them in the show notes. I hope you have an excellent week. Again, I encourage you, pick at least one of these self-care practices for yourself and actively and intentionally engage in it this week. Shoot me a DM or a message via email. And I look forward to seeing you right here next week on Health Bite. Until then, bye now.